There is a way, and that way is forward together. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is John, and with me on Fridays is Dan Ruda and Tommy Bowman. Hello, gentlemen. Glad you're with me. Morning. Good to be with you. Happy Friday. Happy Fall Friday. Oh, Fall Friday. Cheers. And uh, today is today is uh, Friday Why Day. Every Friday, uh, the three of us hop onto the show and we talk about the why uh, of our church, which is to help people find and follow Christ. And we talk about that. We talk about things going on at our church. Uh, really, Friday is all about trying to lead as best we can the folks of Mission through this through this podcast, through the show. And some of you are watching this live on Facebook, others that we are missioned out online, others you're catching it on the podcast. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you're connecting or consuming the content. I'm just glad that you are. So welcome to the show. This is episode 24 of season two. And uh, we are making our way. We're about halfway through halfway through uh, season two, which is pretty exciting. We're going to wrap up season two just before Thanksgiving. And what we've been doing for the past, uh, what, three, three uh, Fridays is working through the book called Flesh by a friend of ours, Hugh Halter. There it is right there. Great book. Quick read. Awesome read. All about what does it look like for us to go missionally? That is the third value of our church. What does it look like for us to not only find Christ, but follow Christ in the everyday stuff of life, where you live, where you work, where you hang out? And certainly Hugh does a great job talking about the incarnation of Christ and then really provides like a model for us in in how we can follow suit. We talked about incarnation. That was a few weeks ago. Then from incarnation went to reputation, reputation. Last week was conversation. And today is confrontation. We're going to talk about confrontation. But before we do, before we do, I feel like everyone is wanting a little update, Tommy, on on uh, your baking. Uh, so you you talked to us a little bit about the uh, sourdough. Uh, so how'd it go, man? Yeah, I think it was a success. It's the the bread's gone, so it was okay. consumed. Yeah. I actually didn't eat a lot of it. My kids did, but yeah, it was. Um, it was a journey there. I have a lot of respect for bakers, but yeah, I converted the starter to a very healthy leaven. And then I converted the leaven to a very healthy dough. It, it rested, it proofed, and then it baked itself. And then it rested because you get like a, like a good meat, a good loaf has to rest. And uh, it turned out really good. I actually took out my starter yesterday fed it in case i have the opportunity to do some baking this weekend so i'll i'll get i'll reserve a loaf uh for you guys coming up wow well wow. yeah it's fun i enjoy the process more than like the finished product i just like the uh, the challenge of it it's fun i, I recommend it like i how said do you the proof it? Is, the, the, the tr how do you proof it yeah good question you i have a proof did you basket. go in the oven or did you do like just the warmer below or what uh, just on the counter, actually, a little room temp. Oh, a little room temp. Yeah, wow. room temp proofing. Because on the great, so. great, great British Bake Off, they always throw it in like this proofing drawer, yeah. and I'm what like, the what's what going the on Brits, there? What do the Brits know? This I just didn't the know if you had, 
Amazon Prime in a new. When it comes place. to food, the 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 Brits don't know a whole lot. But baking I mean, now, obviously, there's some very famous uh, chefs that are British. But as a people group, they're known for many other wonderful things. But Tons. you don't you don't fly to Great Britain to eat. No, they but they have, have biscuits and tea. So they know how to bake. Tea. They have great pubs. They have incredible history. I mean, there's all kinds of great things. But they have they have um, Alpha. You know, Alpha Nikki Gumble for crying out loud. They have you know, Bill Paul. You know, Bill and Jackie Paul, um, David oh, Beckham. Yeah. I mean, the list is long. The list is long. Uh, anyway, so yeah, thanks for the update on on the bread. On the bread, Dan, you cooking anything this weekend? You got anything um, going on? That's a good question. You know, the Ruta household is uh, reconfiguring life after potty training our two year old. Oh, so wow. we just went shopping for the first time in a little while, and so we're figuring. We actually right before we hopped on this call, Grace and I were figuring out what are we making tonight. So. I think we're gonna go with uh, chicken tacos. Hmm. Simple, little Spanish rice, little home are you style going beans. Like a like a shredded chicken. Yep. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yep. Shredded pulled chicken, only cilantro mm. and onion, corn tortilla. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Spanish style rice, little home style bean. Guacamole. I got, I got this. I got this corn. This what I when I do tacos, I got this corn dish. I don't know what you'd call it. It, but it's like it's like this cornmeal we call it corn mush which is not a great um enticing uh, title for it but i'm telling you it is like the best tasting thing in the world so like it just goes so well with when you don't want to do rice or something like that with yeah. like a mexican dish unbelievable it's a it's like a baked it's like a baked corn right ish yeah but the consistency is um a little, little more mushy i tell you what have you ever been to uh chevy's back in the day long, long time ago yeah I they would no. they would do this little <clears throat> corn dollop on the side i don't know if you remember it but that's where i first had it i'm like that is amazing and we ended up finding a recipe for it anyway well there you go don't we're, hold out share the wealth um, I'm hungry we got a lot now. going on we got a lot going on uh around mission this weekend so let's quickly talk about that before we jump into the content uh game night is tonight with mission kids uh tomorrow is trunk or treat which is going to be here uh, in the parking lot. Tons of people are involved in that. going to be really cool. Are you guys dressing up? Our missional community will be there representing. I think, are we supposed to tell what our theme is for our truck or is that a secret? I, all I'll say is I may be in a Hawaiian skirt or a grass skirt. We'll see. Yep. yep. Okay. Maybe. I may or may not have flamingo sunglasses on. We'll see. Okay. With a coconut bra. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not, I want to surprise you guys with what, with what the peacocks are rolling up with. Awesome. I like it. But uh, we've been planning it for, for a week now. So that's going to be fun. That's Saturday and then Sunday. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up our teaching series through the book of Philippians called Standing Strong. It's God has really been at work through that teaching series. And none other than the one and only Dan Ruda is on the mic this Sunday, bringing oh. the word, which is going to be awesome. And so that's going to be Sunday. Dan's going to be preaching. I hope to see you guys there. We're excited. A lot of people getting baptized. We're emphasizing that uh, step in people's journey right now around baptism. Eight people signed up right last week mm-hmm, to get baptized, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Um, but man, now we're excited about that. This Sunday, Mission Kids is open for week three, their third week of being open. And there's momentum. There's momentum building in in all three of our environments. We're one church and three venues. So momentum is building online. It's building now at the building and, and in watch parties. So 
we're feeling encouraged, man. We're, we really are feeling encouraged. And to those of you at Mission, high five. We're so proud of you guys that we're learning how to find and follow Christ and help others find and follow Christ in yeah. the midst of everything going on. So yeah. no matter how you're feeling about uh, everything with COVID, we will meet you where you're at. Uh, but we don't want to leave you where you're at. We want to help you gather, but we want to help you gather differently. And that can be online at the building or at watch parties. So kudos to you guys that have been uh, leadable in this season and a whole bunch of you have. So we're, we're really proud of you for that. And let Today me, uh, let me give yeah. a, let me just jump in. And since it's yeah. Friday, why day share a story and um, mm, you said meet stories. people, meet people where they're at. I want to give a huge shout out to um two ladies in our mission church community, Sarah Rice-Gatell and Grace Gibbs, and they are hosting a watch party. And it's been really cool. Um, Elizabeth Tafalon and Amber Patton have been helping continue to just uh, pastor and coach these watch party hosts. And we're talking about as the seasons are changing, what are you going to do? And I just want to commend Grace and Sarah on your posture of meeting people where you're at. And so when you were asked, what's your plan to transition as the weather gets colder, I loved their response. They said, it depends on what, and then they said a couple people's names in our watch party want to do. Mm, that's and I just, I love that posture. They're just like, we are going to be wherever they need us to be. And so I just love that. They're not like, we got to shut down because we want to get back. And so they're just going, these are people that were helping find a fellow Christ. So we're going to do what they most need now in this season. So love that way to go. Awesome. And, and really quickly on the, the our value of go, people going missionally in missional communities. On Monday, Dan and I got to have Sarah Bruno come to the office with her missional community and they place their dots on the map in Hanover Park. They are called to, they're helping uh, the families and teachers of Greenbrook Elementary School yep. find and follow Christ. And so Amazing. we said in January, this is gonna be the decade of dots. We're dreaming for a thousand one day and we added another one. Wonderful. So way to go, Sarah Bruno in that missional community, it's awesome. That's fantastic. Love, love, love the stories. Dan, thank you for interjecting. That would have been a miss to miss to miss out on celebrating those. Uh, today's episode, I guess, is sponsored by Nike. Look at us. Look at us wearing Nike hats. Way to go. There it is. There it is. And Dan's blue cable knit sweater. Uh, it's black. It's a black cable knit sweater. Black? And my you always hair go is navy. kind of like a swoosh. Very nice. It is. <laughs> it is. You usually don't wear black. The, this is yeah. new. Usually Navy, Navy sweater Navy. guy, you and Nikki Gumbel. You know, little Nikki. <laughs> Got to keep you on your toes every now and again. You do. And uh, today um, we're talking about talking about confrontation. Mm -hmm. Confrontation. So when Hugh's writing about confrontation, what's he what's he getting at? What's he getting at? What say you, Dan Ruda? Are we supposed to just start confronting everybody? Well, what's the deal? Yeah, you can. Um, this moment. So we've said incarnation, moving towards people. And as you do that, you develop a reputation. And that allows for conversation, not, not conversation between the two of you. And we said that looks a lot more like curiosity um, than it does convincing. And now we're into confrontation. But here's how Hugh describes it um, in this book. He says, it's that divine moment where grace leads to truth and where truth is allowed, where truth is allowed. Not, not Dan, not John, not Tommy, not you mm -hmm. watching, where truth is allowed to confront people with their need for God. Mm -hmm. And so to me, kind of just like the standout thing that came to mind is we are invited in this confrontation to speak truth, not like now's my chance to let him have it. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. 
truth is not a sledgehammer it's a scalpel and we speak the truth about jesus and the holy spirit guides with medical precision and meets them exactly with what their need is and so this confrontation is a lot less uh full of conflict that's not our role to play it's really good and then hugh's coaching through this these steps and even in his book these last two um, confrontation and transformation, he gives the littlest amount of coaching because we have the least amount to do in these steps. This is the spirits work. He talks in this chapter about Jesus in John 16, telling his followers, hey, I got to get out of here so that I can send my spirit who will be in you, who will do all the confronting for you so that we don't have to. And Hugh gives us really helpful. He gives these two misconceptions that we have about the spirit when it comes to this moment that I can relate to, and you guys probably can too, watching and listening, said one of the misconceptions that the spirit does all the work. So I don't, I'm not even needed. I don't even have to do anything. I can sit on the sideline. I don't have to be there to speak truth because the spirit's going to do everything. That's a misconception. The other one is that the spirit bats cleanup, meaning I go in hard and fast and I do the convicting and the judging, and then I leave. The person's hurt and wounded, and I think, well, the spirit will come up and clean up the mess. The spirit will comfort. Because look, the Bible says the spirit is a comforter. But both of those misconceptions place the spirit and flesh as separate, but the spirit has entered our flesh. The spirit resides in us. And so just the same way that we get loving conviction from God through his spirit, people, as they relate to us, they get the loving conviction of the spirit, he said to like judging, we don't judge. Judging is like putting a finger in someone's chest, but loving conviction is like lighting a candle and watching a room light up, a dark room light up slowly. Mm. Our presence around people is not supposed to be that finger in the chest. It's supposed to be as we incarnate, build a reputation and in our loving conversations, just as they're in proximity to us with mm. the spirit in us, their convictions are being lovingly confronted and it's like the darkness in them is slowly lighting up with the love of Christ. It's and it frees us up so much to know we don't have yeah. to do the confronting. So it's a yes, great chapter, great stuff Man, in the process. So good. I mean, I think so many folks watching they would say they've been on the receiving end of a a Christian that has taken more of the the spotlight approach. You know, the mag light. It's like whoa you know, versus the, you know, the illuminating that candle, that imagery is, is really, really helpful. And I, and I love the two misconceptions, Tommy, that you talked about of, um, you know, the spirit's going to do it all. So I'm just gonna, you know, sit over here and, and let him do it all. And it's like, no, there is this mysterious, incredible collaborative work with us, uh, and the Holy spirit. And, and the other part that, Hey, we can just, we can do all this damage and oh no, the, the Holy Spirit's gonna gonna clean it all up. And so I just I love that, you know, each episode as we've walked through this in many ways, like how you know, we're doing this whole thing through this book flesh, because right now, man, if there's ever been a time that's been difficult to know what does it look like to love our neighbors ourselves, perhaps now is a difficult time. And this book gives such a great model for how we can love our neighbors as ourselves, how we can go missionally, how we can find and follow Christ and help others do the same. And for me, I, I just, I love that each episode, we keep coming back to Jesus. Jesus modeled it to perfection. How did he do it? How did he do it? Um, the ones that he was the harshest with were the ones that, 
you know, where the so-called had everything figured out. And yet look at the way that he illuminated truth with those that in many ways society wanted nothing to do with. We see so much in the life of Jesus. Yeah. And this is where the, one of the words for the spirit in the new Testament is translated advocate. And this is what that idea is, is the spirit in you is advocating for you. It's doing the confronting for you in not a fleshly way, but a very lovingly, the spirit in a word is love. And so the spirit does this advocating for us in this very loving way. And Hugh talks about too, and I don't know if it's in his book, but when I've seen him teach this out, he's like, if you really stop and think about the people that you want to help find and follow Christ, it's not that they open the Bible and don't believe what's in there. It's that we have just turned them so off to the concepts because we've gotten this part wrong. We've, we've gone in with, we show up and we confront. And so he's like, and, if, and I thought about the people in my life who I'm trying to help find and follow Christ. And I'm like, no, they actually, they want to believe in who God is. They want to believe in who the person of Jesus is. It's just, they're really skeptical because of the behavior of all the Christians that they've encountered in their life. And so if we can here in the 10 as a church mission church, if we can begin to, or continue to get this one, right, we can really change, um, change the game when it comes to reputation for Christians as a whole. So you know, when, you know, certainly in the gospels, it says of Jesus that he was a, a critic of sinners. He was combative of sinners. He outed sinners. He smashed like a sledgehammer sinners or, or is there a different word that is used in the gospels to describe Jesus? I think there's a different word. Dan, do you know what that word is? I think it was a friend. That's right. Ding, ding, ding. He was a friend a friend of sinners. And so many of you have said, Oh, when it comes to evangelism, we're going to leave that up to John. And so I, I can just get my friends to mission, then they can hear John. Well, okay. I mean, that's part of it. And, and we're hoping and praying that God will use that. So yeah, we certainly bring our friends to, to this church or to any church so that, so that can happen. But um, there is so, so much more to it when it comes to that, because you are equipped in and through the person of the Holy Spirit. You've been saved and you've been sent. And the reality is most of your friends aren't going to come anyway. And so that's why Jesus is wanting to mobilize you to join him in the renewal of all things. And so much of what it looks like for us to, to love our neighbor as ourselves is to simply be a friend, to be a friend of sinners. And um, you don't do that quick. This is why most people jump to step four uh, and the whole, they lead with confrontation versus the other previous, which are so important. But to me, really helpful again, to come back to on those days when I'm thinking about some of the folks in my life that I'm just hoping and praying will surrender to Jesus. It's just, I got to keep being a great mm-hmm. friend the way that Jesus did it. Yeah. Tommy, you and I are probably going to say the same thing. Yeah. Dan and I are probably thinking the same thing. If you think about incarnation, reputation, conversation, and confrontation, all of them have a common thread of proximity. You cannot do any of those things Mm. unless you, or be a friend of sinner, unless you are proximate to, and by sinners, we're all sinners, but people who don't know Jesus in this case. And we teach, we teach, uh, we show this woman's story. She's in a missional community through another church in the uh, Pacific Northwest. And she gives this great definition of what friend of sinners means to her. And her litmus test is 
if I go away, she says for a few weeks and someone who isn't a Christian texts me that they miss me or they wonder where I'm at or hope I'll be back soon. She's like, I know that I have become a friend of sinners. And I've found that to be the most helpful way to define what does that look like? And so I try to apply that to my life. Mm. If Jess and I and the kids, if we went to the lake for three weeks, would any of the people in our lives who don't know and follow Jesus, would they actually reach out to us on Facebook or text and say, hey, we miss you guys. We can't wait for you to be home. And so think about that. If this, when it comes to confrontation, the spirit can't do any loving convicting in other people's lives if you don't have approximate and consistent mm. relationship to people who don't know him. So just think about that litmus test. If you mm-hmm. go away for a few weeks, is there anyone that in your life that doesn't know Jesus that would reach out and, and miss you? I thought that was so helpful. Which shared that sounds this week like on Monday. Which sounds like that requires for there to be people in your life that don't know Jesus that actually know you and vice versa. Yep. yep. Imagine that, totally. folks. Imagine that. <laughs> well, hey, that is all we have for episode 24 from Dan Ruda in his black knit sweater to Tommy in his Nike hat and for the 10 gear for me. Um, we didn't even talk about my beard, but we can do that at, an, at a later time. Some folks like are gray. getting concerned. Some folks are getting concerned. Um, there is a purpose I have behind it. We will talk about that perhaps next Friday. Perhaps next Friday. Uh, we will see you uh, tonight at game night on Saturday at Trunk Retreat or Sunday at one of our three venues. We love you guys so much. Until next time, this is Live at 8. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to access the show notes, visit johnpeacock.com. Until next time, keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping.